Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 2747, How to Minimize Your Lifestyle and Reduce Stress, by Rachel Jones of nourishingminimalism.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. And we keep this intro nice and minimal for Minimalist Monday, so let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. How to Minimize Your Lifestyle and Reduce Stress by Rachel Jones of nourishingminimalism.com. I can recall the feeling so clearly. We had decided to remodel the kitchen and since we didn't know how to do any of the work, a friend, Phil, was helping us out. Now, I want you to keep in mind what Phil was like. Around 60 years old, his wife kept an immaculate house. They had raised two children who had been out on their own for about 15 years. So they were in a completely different season of life. I very much respected and admired this couple. And Phil always seemed to drop by when the house was at its worst. So this particular week, I knew he was gonna bring a part that we needed for the house, and he said he would drop it off sometime this week. Those words filled me with dread. If he had given a day, I could have managed to have the house together for a day, but not. It was a whenever I'm in the neighborhood type thing. And that was Sunday. Monday, I spent the day cleaning the living room. At least that room had to be presentable. That would be the first one he saw. Then I worked in the dining room and the kitchen. When you walk into the house, that is what you see. Those three rooms and whatever is in them. I kept the table clean. I folded laundry and put it away every day. I washed the dishes, cleaned the counters, wiped the stove. I cleaned off the stove, the piano, the shelf, and stuff it all into my bedroom. I was continually picking up my kids' toys and putting them back where they belong. At least I could shut that door. I felt like I worked around the clock to keep the house looking decent enough that I wouldn't be embarrassed by it. Then I'd stop for 15 minutes and the kids would undo every freaking thing I'd done. Monday, he didn't come. Tuesday, he didn't come. Wednesday, Come on already, just bring the parts so I can sit down again. Nope, didn't come. Thursday, I was so exhausted from trying to keep the house clean, I wasn't a nice mother. Didn't come. Friday, I was done. I flopped onto the couch from exhaustion as soon as the older kids left for school. Laundry was all over the floor, breakfast dishes still on the table, toys were strewn out across all the rooms, the dishes were piled high, and the stove was a disaster. There wasn't a clean surface in the house. I wanted to cry. I tried so hard to keep a clean house all week, 
and it felt like the second I turned my back, a full tornado went through. I was so spent, I couldn't muster the energy to get up and do anything about it. I wanted the house to look nice, but I knew even just the mess I saw would take me hours to get a handle on it. Talk about defeated. And then, he knocked on the door. I wanted to scream. Instead, I opened the door. I saw his eyes do a quick scan of the house. Can't imagine what he thought. I wanted to say something about how it had been clean all week, honestly, that I had tried so hard he can't possibly know the work I put into trying to make it look presentable every single day. But I didn't. Phil came in, walked to the kitchen, put in the part that was needed, visited a few minutes, and then was gone. And the house was still horrendous. Ten years later, I sit at the kitchen table typing this. The house is messy by my new standards. In the living room, two backpacks, coats, and winter gear were left by the front door, and two toys lay next to the couch. In the dining room, one unfinished coloring sheet is laying on George. We got tired of calling it the shelf thing with baskets, so we gave it a name. There is tea in a jar on one kitchen counter. The rubber gloves were left hanging on the sink instead of put below, and there are three shirts in the laundry basket that need to be put on hangers and stuck in the closet. Am I kidding? No, really. What changed? I frequently get asked how to organize. I hear, I just don't have room for the things we need. I've already decluttered, but there is still no place to put things. Here's the secret. Get rid of more stuff. Does it take work? Yes, absolutely. Is it exhausting? Sure is. Is it worth it? Most definitely. The thing is, the less stuff you have, the less you have to take care of. Every item you own takes work and energy from you to some extent. The magazine pile that's in your living room, for example, you have to move it when you clean it. You have multiple thoughts throughout the day when you walk by of, when am I gonna sit down and go through those? You can't organize them by giving them a home to belong. They have no utilitarian purpose in your home. When you remove items that have no serving purpose in your home, it frees up an amazing amount of space. Then limit the items that do serve you. Have enough clothes to dress for a week, but no more. This means that per person, you'll only need to wash 14 items a week, not counting linens and underclothes. This also means that getting caught up on laundry only means a couple of loads and 10 minutes of folding. That's manageable. It works that way through your entire home. Keep the number of toys that the kids play with, but no more. Keep the number of coffee mugs in the kitchen that you use and let go of those 20 extras. Keep the wooden spoons that you love cooking with and get rid of the ones you hate. Keep the books you are reading or will read again. Get rid of the ones you kept because you should. And keep the spices you regularly use when you cook, but let go of all the ones that you don't care for but have been taking up space for 10 years. Becoming minimalist is very similar to peeling off layers. It's easier to do one layer at a time than to try to take off everything at once. Work room by room, category by category, a little bit each day. Don't think about all the things. Instead, make your daily goal small and simple. Find one thing to get rid of. Keep one counter clean today or set your timer for 10 minutes to sort through a drawer. Celebrate your successes. When you're taking on such a tremendous job, you have to appreciate the small things. Give yourself a sticker for doing the dishes. Do a happy dance when the laundry gets put away. Sit down for tea and a book after the stove gets wiped off. 
you're one step closer, and it's a good thing. You just listened to the post titled, How to Minimize Your Lifestyle and Reduce Stress by Rachel Jones of nourishingminimalism.com. Thank you to Rachel. I thought there was a good quote in there. She said, every item you own takes work and energy from you to some extent. And I think a lot of this is unconscious, maybe most of it. Sure, with something like dishes piled in and around the sink, it gets in our way if we're cooking. We see it all the time, so it's at the top of mind. When we need a utensil, that pile is staring at us in the face and so on. But what about those things buried away in a closet or junk drawer or attic, basement, etc.? Well, that stuff, it's argued, still takes its toll, but in different ways. Lost space that could be used for something else. Lost items, because who knows what's there. Dust, stuff in the background that, if it were gone, would almost certainly take some weight off of our shoulders. And as we've talked about before, it's a lifelong thing, not a one-time project which is good and bad. The good news is that you don't have to keep stressing about tackling this one big massive thing, but the downside is that it's a habit that needs to be built if you want to implement it in your own life. And that means keeping up with it daily. But it's up to you to decide if you want to build that habit. In either case, thank you for building the habit of listening to this show, learning along with me every day. It's a habit I love that has definitely helped me. Hopefully it has helped you too. And with that, have a great rest of your day and I'll be back tomorrow reading to you where your optimal life awaits.